Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. When a man is walking down the street one day, he sees a beautiful woman. Or does he? And then we travel to the local Goodwill to meet a young woman who's searching for a bargain. But when she comes across the pair of hiking boots, she has no idea that this purchase is going to take her straight to the world of the damned. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have some cool plans for the weekend. I'm going to finally go see that movie Thanksgiving I've been talking about all week. I've been talking about it so much, you guys probably think that I'm sponsored. <laughs> probably think that I'm sponsored by him, that I'm running an ad. Nah. It's been a long time since I've seen a slasher movie in the theater. I'm kind of looking forward to it. And we got Eli Roth directing. The guy who did Hostel and uh, Cabin Fever. And uh, we got my boy Milo Mannheim from Disney Zombies. So what, what could go wrong with that combination? Who knows? But someone who doesn't even know the definition of the word wrong because they're always right. Running into Dead Rabbit Radio Command carrying a dead turkey and a bloody axe. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Rob the Fell-Handed. Woohoo, yeah! <laughs> yeah, he's a Thanksgiving murderer and he's out to kill us. Woohoo! Rob the Fellhanded, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. The reason how Rob got on this was he was the first person to share the Spotify wrapped message on his Instagram. This is a thing Spotify does if you've listened to a certain podcast for so long throughout the year. They give you these little icons and badges and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll tell you guys, if you guys are getting these from Spotify and you are sharing them on your social media, send me a screenshot, send me a link. So we can also get you a shout out because this is part of it. I say it all the time. You can't support the show financially. Just help spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know that Rap Radio is your favorite paranormal show. And I mean it. So if you guys send me this stuff, send me that you're sending this out. So if you guys send me images or links showing that you're sharing this on your social media, you will also get a shout out. And we still got all of our Thanksgiving live stream shout outs. We got a ton of stuff, new YouTube members, all sorts of stuff. That's a way you can join the party. Share those Spotify wraps. If you don't know what Spotify wrap is, I don't know how to get them. Honestly, I don't know. I'm sure there's a link or an email somewhere if you listen to it a lot on Spotify. But really appreciate it, Rob, getting the word out. Also, let's take a look at this Fan Art Friday submission we've got. This was submitted probably about a year and a half ago. It was originally, it was made by Looky187. Looky187 sent this over to me in the middle of one of my breaks, my two-week season breaks. And as you can tell, what's that guy's name? Um, I know it's Dave Chappelle, obviously, but um, the character's name anyways, it's the crack addict guy looking for any more Dead Rabbit Radio episodes. So thank you, Looky187, for sending this to me over a year ago. I keep forgetting to put it up at the beginning of a season, and I forgot to do it this season as well. But here we go. You got any more of those Dead Rabbit episodes? 
What was his name? Tyrus? What was his name? I don't remember. But anyways, thank you so much for this Fan Art Friday submission, Lucky187. Let's go ahead and get this party started. Rob, the fell-handed, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Radio Command. Drive us all the way out to Italy. We're headed all the way out to Italy. Specifically, we're headed to Bolzano, Italy. It's December 1986. So around the same time, right? Christmas trees are up. People are leaning out of their shop windows going, Bonjour! Bonjour! <laughs> is, is that French or is that Italian? Oh, Mamma mia! Look at that Christmas tree! The birth of the Savior! Oh, yes! A manja manja! <laughs> They're leading the baby. No, that's not what I meant. Uh, oh, bonjour! Don't eat the baby! I'm watching all these people walking around the Christmas streets of Italy. And we're about to meet a guy. His name is Silvano Caligari. Now, Silvano is stationed with the Italian army. Manja, manja, Silvano is walking through the streets of this town. Now, he is in the military, the Italian army, but they, it's, but he's off the clock. He goes and he's like, hey, boss, I'm going to leave. The boss is the general. Hey, boss, is it okay if I leave today? And the boss is like, it checks his watch. Make sure there's no war going on. Yeah, sure. Silvano, enjoy the streets. Enjoy the streets of Italy. So Silvano is walking down the street. And it's festive. It's Christmas time. Trees are up. Lights are strung everywhere. Little boys are running around with sticks. They're poking each other in the eyeball. What a great Christmas tradition. And Silvano's like just walking. Seeing people carry their presents down the street. He's like, wow, look at all these lights. And that's when he feels like someone is staring at him. Someone's staring right at him. He feels the eyes of someone staring at him so he turns he starts looking around to see who it can be and he sees something sitting on a bench just a few feet from him he described it as a hulking figure just this big broad-shouldered muscular man like he doesn't really specify if it even looks human. He just says it was this hulking figure sitting on this bench staring at him with ice-cold blue eyes. They're just piercing right through him. And as this thing is sitting there, he just sees the rippling muscles on this creature entity it's just like this thing it looks inhuman enough that he doesn't use the term i saw this large man sitting on the bench but he also doesn't describe anything monstrous like large fangs or pointy ears it's just this hulking figure sitting on the bench with ice cold blue eyes rippling muscles he said i could tell that this thing its tendons were so tight in its legs that it was ready to just pounce. Although it was sitting down, it was only a split second between now and when he could be on top of me. He can see the 
tension in its legs, ready to unleash and take down Silvano. It's sitting there and it's staring at him, ice-cold blue eyes, muscular figure. Shoulder-length, dark blonde hair. Soft features. Luscious lips. A slim, beautiful woman. With ice-cold blue eyes. Smiling at him. He said it happened in an instant. He saw this massive form sitting there. And not like it morphed. Not like it shifted in any sort of way. But it was simply replaced. He goes, I went from seeing this hulking form to a beautiful blonde woman, around five foot something, is what he described, wearing a fur coat. But the same piercing gaze behind those ice-cold blue eyes. All perfectly tied up with a bow with that smile on her face. It terrified him. It absolutely terrified him. And this story, you know, obviously he it happened in 1986. I got it from Phantoms and Monsters. Phantoms and Monsters got it from a, a podcast or a YouTube channel called Inhumanoids with Barton Nunley. And it's this idea that he's been shocked to the core, even now, right? This is a story being told recently. This happened back in 1986. He doesn't know what it was. He goes, I feel like what it was was a demon. I feel that this thing, as monstrous as it appeared in one form, was not hungry for my flesh, but for my soul. And he added, the woman scared him more than the beast. A woman that any of us may encounter at any point during our day. He said that was the scariest part. He also said one of the creepier parts of it, he goes, if I think about it, you know, everyone else in the town, because this was a bustling holiday fest. It wasn't like a festival going on. There wasn't a parade or anything or a circus, but just people walking down the street going about their day. He goes, I felt like this woman... Everyone else saw her as a woman. Nobody else saw the beast. Because, you know, obviously other people would be like, let's let's not go to that shop. Let's not go to that store. There's a monster sitting outside of it. He goes, I felt like it wanted me to see what it really was. I felt like this woman revealed her true form her true nature to just me it what's interesting is i tried looking for references to this guy silvano caligari in the article on phantoms and monsters it did refer to him as a world famous comic book artist i wasn't able to find anything i imagine that means 
Italy famous. <laughs> I, I've never heard of the guy. I love comic books. I'm not saying I know everything about him, but I couldn't find any reference to this guy being a comic book artist. But, you know, in Italy, in Italian websites, they, I, when I started the story, someone could have been like, Silvano, come on in, guys. <laughs> this is a story about Silvano. Bring your comic books. We'll read along with it. I've never heard of the dude, and I couldn't find anything backing that up. From what I understand, though, he's not someone who's had a lifetime of paranormal activity. In the, in this article, it never references him having paranormal events before or after. So it would seem unsettling. Like, why did he see this above other things? Is it because this creature wanted him to see the true form? Or um, did it let its guard down? Was it an accident that he saw it or was it on purpose? Who knows? She could have been looking for a young soldier. And she wasn't trying to show its true form to Silvano. Because think about it, if a young man disappears off a street, if he's in the military, this isn't his hometown, they're just going to assume he went AWOL. And they'll look for him, because that's against the law. You just can't disappear while you're serving military duty. On or off the clock, eventually your leave is going to end. You have to get back to the barracks. Had he disappeared, the military would have looked for him, but they maybe just classified him as AWOL. Absent without leave, that's what that means. And what he saw wasn't intentional. It was his gut instinct. He saw what she truly was, so he wouldn't... Like, it was that bad hunch. She was eyeing him up and down. He felt that. He turned around and he saw a monster. So there was no way he was going to interact with this woman. But had he not seen that form, had she got up and started talking to him and walking with him and all that stuff, he would have fallen prey to this thing. But luckily, his gut instinct popped up. The one time that you need a paranormal event to happen, right, could have saved his life. That's possible what happened here. But it's also possible that she did want him to see the true form. That she did want him to see the monster inside of her. Why? You could argue that he goes, she didn't want my flesh, she wanted my soul. And the fear that he had, I mean, think about it, this happened back in 1986. It's almost 40 years since that happened. What, in 2026 will be 40 years since this happened. And it still bugs him. He still is completely puzzled and terrified because again if you saw this if you actually saw a beautiful woman have two forms at the same time like just bam that would start that would make you question reality i think it would definitely affect the way you look to strangers not all strangers right you go to starbucks you're like you're not a monster right no 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 this eighth time you've asked me that this week i'm not a monster but it would put the fear of God into you, for lack of a better word, really fear of evil. And this creature could still be feeding off of his fear. Like this entity spooked him to such a degree that 40 years later, it still upsets him. And that's what this entity may have wanted all along. It may not have even wanted, it may not have wanted the flesh, may not have even wanted the soul. It wanted his, what we call loosh. There's a conspiracy theory that there are demons. We talk about them with solar plexus clown gliders. We talk about them with archons in general. But that these entities feed off fear. 
So that could have been what this thing really wanted was for him to be fearful. And really, I think, to be distrustful. If you saw something like this, it may make you less comfortable walking up to people, talking to strangers, making new bonds with people. Because while you could have spent the first 20, 30 years of your life not seeing anything like this, once you saw something like this and you said, I'm not mentally ill, what I saw was actually real, once you accepted that, I think you would be Larry, and, and I think it would affect the way that you interacted with other people. I know it sounds goofy. I know it sounds super foolish. You're like, Jason, this guy saw one woman turn, just one woman turn into a monster, and now he's against all women. I'm not saying that, but I think it would make, I mean, think about like the paranormal events that I've had, that I've brought on myself, like the Blue Boy that whole saga, I'll put that episode in the show notes. Even the thing about the solar plexus clown gliders. Do you think I'm in any rush to go sit in a trial anytime soon? Because the last, well, the last time I was, my cousin got sentenced for murder. But before that, the last time I went to a courthouse, I might have been attacked by an interdimensional snake. Right? Do you think I'm in any, do you think I'm in any hurry to sit in the back of a courthouse anytime soon? No, of course not. Same way if you're walking down a road and you know there's a dog that's always breaking out of the fence. You're like, I'm going to figure out another, because I don't like that dog, I'm going to figure out another way around. We do make these changes. And, you know, interdimensional snake, yeah, that's <laughs> so pretty high on the list of things to avoid. Monster sitting in a group of people and no one else realizing it's a monster but you, you would, that would affect you. That would change the way you would interact with strangers. Because you would wonder. You would wonder. Is this person hiding something? Is this person a human or a demon? But if this thing is just feeding off of its fear, then it's gotten a belly full of it. And I'm sure... It continues to get even more if he continues to be afraid of it. It's an interesting story. And again, I've talked before on this podcast about this may be a demon, but we've talked about urban cryptids. I talked about him at the Port Gamble Ghost Conference when I gave a presentation there. I think I talked about him recently as well in an episode. Urban cryptids. That would make sense. Uh, cryptids would evolve to the modern world. We'd end up over time... You know, we'd have the Bigfoot, we'd have Wendigo, we'd have stuff like that, skinwalkers, but you would have other cryptids that, since the late 1800s, would begin to hide in modern life. Because you're no longer able to attack hunters and, and woodsmen and people traveling from town to town on horseback. All that stuff is pretty much gone at this point. So if you were a cryptid and you were feeding off of people or draining their energy or whatever, you would move into the cities and you would have new tactics to hunt people in there. So it could have been something like that as well. But interesting story. If you guys happen to know who this Silvano guy is, I'd be curious if he is a world famous uh, comic book artist. I wasn't able to find anything, but maybe they just mean Italy famous. But to them, that is the world. Rob the Fellhanded, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Italy. Fly us all the way out to Goodwill. (laughs) 
we're walking into this Goodwill and I'm tossing you a blue vest. And you're like, what's this for? And I go, we are all now Goodwill employees. So (laughs) quit your job, whatever you're doing. Doesn't matter how much money you're making or how fulfilling it is. We work at Goodwill now. We walk in with our blue vests and we see a bunch of people unloading trucks full of donations. Goodwill, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with it. It's like a thrift store where people donate stuff and then Goodwill sells it and they use the money for like training people, (laughs) training more people on how to donate stuff. They train like all sorts of people, like poor people and people who are having a run of bad luck. You can come and get a job at Goodwill. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't know. You're like, that's not what they do, is it? I think that's what they do. Whenever I go into Goodwill, they have these big signs and like Jerry got a job because of you. It's a picture of a dude, like, giving a thumbs up. I'm like, who's Jerry? Who's Jerry? Why Why do I care? I just came in here to buy some old sneakers. But we work at Goodwill now. We got the job. Jerry's our boss. Jerry's giving us a thumbs down. He's like, less talking, more unloading. And we're unloading all of these donations into this Goodwill store, putting it in these big baskets, and we're walking around. And I go, there is something to be said about a Goodwill store that I don't think enough people say. Yes, they do have... I don't know exactly what their mission is. I gotta mumble them. But, not only do they do all that good stuff, it also is a testament to mankind's forgiveness. Not in the way that, sure, you donate your old stuff and it gets Jerry a job. What I find so amazing... Come come here with me. Come here with me. I want to take you on a tour, a quick tour of this Goodwill. We walk over to the toy section. They got, like, a bunch of action figures and bags of old Hot Wheels and stuff like that. I'm like, no, 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 not that. I want you to turn around and look at this aisle. Because pretty much much every Goodwill is laid out exactly the same. I've shopped in a lot of them. We're standing in an aisle of nothing but board games and puzzles. And I go, there is nothing that can tell you how much faith you have in your fellow man than if you would be willing to buy a thousand-piece puzzle that is used. That has been opened up, probably put together once or twice, then repackaged. Throwing onto the shelf with nothing but a rubber band... (laughs) Nothing but a rubber band holding in all thousand pieces. I always marvel at the person who would buy a thousand piece puzzle from a Goodwill. Because you truly do trust the system. I think this should be a psychological test. This should be the first question they ask on any personality test. Would you buy a puzzle from Goodwill? Because really, you are not only... Taking, taking a great leap of faith that the person who donated the puzzle didn't lose a single piece. But also when it was being thrown in those giant bins we were pushing around where we were just throwing stuff in randomly, that a piece didn't fall out there. And for the multitude of people who have walked down this aisle over the days or months or maybe even years, sometimes you can find really old stuff at a good well, that none of them when looking at the puzzle, dropped a piece or took a piece. Maybe they maybe they have some weird puzzle fetish. There's a fetish literally for everything. You really do have to have a lot of faith in humans 
to buy a thousand piece used puzzle. And the same thing with the board games. Uh, you know, obviously, if you have a board game and the die is missing, you always have another dice. But, I mean, if you're willing to buy something like Mousetrap or Operation <laughs> or Risk or any of these games that require a lot of very specialized pieces, I mean, hats off to you. Hats off to you. I just got this free one from the bin. I'm wearing, I'm wearing all these clothes. I'm dancing around like Macklemore. About to get fired by Jerry. But... No, I mean, like, really, if you're going to buy Mousetrap or any of these games that require a lot of pieces, man, it's like, because if there is one piece missing, that game is useless. So let's take a look at this story that was recently posted. This saga is still kind of going on. Very, very interesting story in a goodwill. We don't have an exact location, like a city or a statement. This story started in fall of 2023. We're about to meet this young woman. Let's go ahead and call her Denise as we're pushing through our carts, putting stuff away, putting old tchotchkes away. This has always been my fear. I shop at Goodwill all the time, but this story is kind of my fear of shopping at Goodwill. She's walking by and she sees a pair of hiking boots. She's like, wow, these are pretty nice hiking boots. You can find some good stuff there. She goes, these are pretty nice hiking boots. Sure, they're men's hiking boots. And they're a little worn, which is what you would expect. But, I mean, these would be perfect. This is exactly what I'm looking for. But what are the chances, Denise thinks, that these boots will actually fit me? Again, they're men's pair of hiking boots. But she tries them on and she goes, they fit perfectly. She goes, I instantly fell in love with them. She said they were monogrammed, which is interesting. I don't think people normally get their initials on their shoes, but that was just another great thing to talk about with these shoes. They nice shoes. Yeah, they're monogrammed. <laughs> you take my word for it or you can bend over and check. Here's the thing. Denise buys those hiking boots and she takes them home. Home she shares with her husband. And she's like, look at these boots I got. They're monogrammed. He's like, oh, it's pretty interesting. I've never seen a monogrammed pair of shoes. She's like, I know, and they're men's shoes. But they fit me perfect. But what has happened is every single day that she has worn these shoes, she has had an incredibly vivid nightmare. She goes, it's not, it, vivid is probably not even the right word. They're lifelike. There are very ultra-realistic dreams. Now, I know if you're big into the creepypasta, ultra-realistic is a almost a parody at this point. But she's saying, I have these incredibly vivid, realistic dreams, nightmares, not dreams, nightmares, after I wear these shoes. And it's happened every single time. And she goes... I do not have nightmares. She said, throughout my entire life, she said, I've maybe had 10 negative dreams. Nothing I would consider a nightmare. She goes, throughout my entire life, zero nightmares, 10 negative dreams. She goes, probably the quote-unquote scariest dream I had up to this point was, I dreamt I was in college and I was sitting in the wrong classroom. 
That would be the the level of it. But now she has these boots. She put them on. Not expecting, not expecting to see the gates of hell open up once she fell asleep. But after she'd wear them during the day, at night, she'd have dreams like this. There was a man, there was a knocking on her front door. She got up, she walked to the door and she opened it. And it was a man who had been so badly burned. It was like you could just see charred flesh. There wasn't an inch of him that wasn't torched by whatever set this man ablaze. And his face is made of boiling, bubbling hot lava. Pretty creepy dream. And if you only had, like, if the worst thing you had before that was, you know, worrying about college, enrolling for the wrong class or something like that. Denise knew something was up because when she told her husband about that dream, he admitted that the same night she had that dream about the man with the face made of lava, he also had a nightmare. That exact same night, he dreamt that he was in their house and outside the house, staring in through the window, was a man whose body had been horrifically burned. And his face was made of hot lava. Science says two people cannot share a dream like that. Now, possible they both watched they both watched the new disney plus show uh hot lava face i don't know there might be one but unless they both got the same stimuli that day you know two people watch hereditary they may both have nightmares about hereditary science says that that's not possible the subconscious is locked into a frame your brain and it can't leak out like that. Two people can't have the same dream. And what's interesting, too, is that they didn't have the same dream. But the same character was in it. And it was in the same position. It was outside the home. But at that point, you would have to go, science says that this is impossible, so this might be some sort of entity. But here's the thing. Would you immediately connect it to the shoes? You would have to see it over a pattern of time wearing the shoes over and over again and then connecting it to the dreams. Because the very first time you wore these shoes and then you had that dream, out of everything else you did in that 24-hour day, would you go, it was the shoes. It was the shoes. But it keeps happening every single time she wears the shoes. Eventually, Denise goes, oh, I'm seeing a pattern here. Every time I wear the shoes, I have a nightmare. The other nightmares she described was one where she saw her face becoming like um, stone. Her face was beginning to solidify into this rocky form. She had two separate dreams. She had two separate dreams. This, she had this dream twice. 
where she was dreaming that black widows were crawling over her body. And then when they got to her face, they would start to bite, bite it open and then crawl in underneath her skin. She could feel the black widows moving underneath the flesh of her face as more black widows crawled up her body to burrow even deeper into her face. She had that dream twice. I mean, that'd be scary enough dream to have once. Again, I've had some pretty gnarly nightmares. I'm sure you guys have too. If you've never had a nightmare, imagine these being your first... Imagine these being your first nightmares. And she does eventually go, wait a second, I'm kind of seeing a connection here. I'm wearing these hiking boots. I'm having these dreams, these nightmares. She's not built for this. And she is wondering, it's funny because I don't know if her husband was also having the Black Widow dream, if he continued to have different nightmares, but... She posts this story online. She actually posted it underneath the name A Dame of Thrones. And she was kind of asking for advice. She's kind of asking for advice like, what do I do? She goes, I really just want to throw the shoes away. But this, that is an interesting question. When you come in contact with a cursed item, like I talked recently, I don't know if I can find the episode. I'll see what I do. See if I can. I came across what I thought was a cursed basketball. And you have to be careful what you do with it. Sure, you could throw it away, but you you want to make sure whatever you do isn't going to cause the curse to linger or make it worse. Like some people might just throw them away. That that would be an excited. That's what I ended up doing with the basketball. I threw it over the fence of a school. <laughs> done and done. Someone else can deal with that curse. And again, it could just been bad timing it could have been a coincidence that i got this basketball and then a bunch of stuff started going sideways but i would argue that you shouldn't destroy it outright like that did cross my mind i was like should i just deflate the ball should she burn the shoes or destroy them in any sort of way when you're dealing with a, a truly cursed item, and again, I don't know if the basketball technically was that. I did feel something was off. I felt like when I picked it up, I'm sure you could argue that I stole it. Fine. It was in the road. It was in the road outside of a house. I think they were trying to get rid of it, but what do you do with it? And here's the thing. The easiest thing would have been for her to just donate them back to Goodwill, right? Just to give them back. But she goes, I didn't want to spread it. She goes, I don't want to that was one of her things she goes if i throw them away someone else might get them i think there's something wrong with these shoes i don't know what to do and that's a super valid question when you come across something like this what do you do with it and so she posted online and you know people were super helpful giving her advice but at the end of the day this was her problem to solve and people can say things like oh you should sage it or you should have it blessed sure that's all well and good but just get rid of them. <laughs> Even if you saged them, you don't want to be like, oh, and now they're totally fine. You do want to get rid of them. How do you get rid of them without anyone else coming across them? It turns out that there's actually, and this makes sense. I think we could have predicted this. There's people who wanted them. 
people who wanted them. Apparently, she posted that she sent them over to someone by the name of Punisher X 2012. And Punisher X 2012 is the mod of a paranormal subreddit called... Let me pull that back up. I think it was I Want to Believe. It's a paranormal subreddit, which I, I hadn't heard of. I want to go and poke around there and see what they got. But um, this is this is the type of item that would attract a, a couple different groups of people. One would be a paranormal researcher. You know, like a religious person, a, a religious person or someone who blesses stuff, they're not really going to have any use for them either. They're more like you you could send them to like a, a mystic or something like that. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do with these? Like, ding, they're better. I've cured them, but now I gotta go now I gotta go take them to Goodwill. Paranormal researcher would want them to research them. You could also get people who were curious, like, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. I'm just I wanna know. I want to know if this thing is true so you you could get them as well. And I think you would also get people who might have um, a bad intentions, right? If they want to try to utilize the power because talk, talk about a white elephant gift. You're like, hey, yeah, man, I run this uh, big... Uh... Yeah, it's called I Want to Believe or Want to Believe. I'll put it in the show notes, but that paranormal subreddit. You could have someone being like, yeah, I'm a paranormal researcher. I've been at it for 20 years. Send them to me. And then at Christmas time, <laughs> at Christmas time, you give them to someone you don't like. Here you go, boss. Here you go, boss. You have women's feet, right? He's like, what? No, I don't have women's feet. Well, maybe you can have these shoes adjusted. You're all forcing the shoes on your boss. He's like, ow, ow, these are too small. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden he's falling asleep. He spiked his drink. Before you came in with the boots, you're basically a supervillain at this point. You're basically the ultimate bad guy. And then you sit there and you watch your boss. He slumped over <laughs> at his desk. He has these shoes on. They're barely on. His feet are huge. And then you hear him going, no. Uh, no. And he's having this nightmare. And you also, you overdosed him on Benadryl. The shadow men show up as well. They're fighting lava face. He's like, ah. He's all twitching. He's having a seizure. You're like, my work here is done, boss. I want to take the rest of the weekend off. Hopefully, saw hopefully, someone calls nine one one. It won't be me. He's like, ah, it's all freaking out. That's I'm not saying, I'm not saying Punisher X twenty twelve is going to do that. I'm just saying I could see somebody doing that. Coming into possession of a cursed item, paranormal researchers. That would be I could hundred percent see a paranormal researcher wanting. These. What's interesting is it almost is the Cinderella effect. Because they, I have, I'm like a size 12. I don't know how big this woman's feet are. I don't know. Maybe she also has size 12. Um, if someone sent me cursed shoes, now that I gave out my size, now that I gave out my size, everyone's going to be sending me shoes. If someone sent me cursed shoes, these shoes, I wouldn't be able to test it. I would have them and I could tell people these shoes are cursed, but it's the Cinderella effect. They're only going to work on certain people. What's really interesting too, is that it was affecting the husband, even though he wasn't wearing the shoes, whatever this was, was affecting him. And I thought it was also interesting. Denise said, obviously I don't know where the shoes came from. The monogram. We, she posted a photo of the, I'll put those in the show notes as well. A photo of the shoes, but she was, I don't know where they came from. Goodwill doesn't really keep records. 
of that type of stuff. I have no idea who this man, the burnt man is, or even what the monogram, who that guy is. But she did think it was interesting that all of the dreams she had involved stuff with faces. The lava face, the stone face, the spiders digging holes into her face. Because they all had something to do with the face. She also added, and this is where you start to get into coincidence. Coincidence. Because the two people dreaming the same thing is impossible as far as science is concerned. That one, if both people are telling the truth, that is a paranormal event. You can't go, well, I mean, other than saying both people are lying, that is impossible as far as science is concerned. In September 2023, because again, the story is fairly recent, before she got rid of the shoes, she was talking about how she was getting sick. She was getting sick a lot. She was crying for no reason. That could be a hundred things, right? I mean, it's September. Flu season starting. People get sick. That's when you start to... And even she, that was kind of like an afterthought. She kind of added that at the ending. And that is where you can start to go. I don't know if that's connected with the shoes. I personally don't know if that's connected with the shoes. Just like when I got that basketball and then stuff started happening that wasn't favorable towards me. I had a weird feeling when I got the basketball. And when stuff started happening, my mind kept going back to the basketball. It was just sitting in my living room. <laughs> Lizards were crawling on top of it to warm themselves. And then I go, uh, I'm just getting rid of the basketball. Like, I knew that I shouldn't have had it. I listened to my gut, just like we were talking about in that first story. You listen to your gut. I was like, I'm going to get rid of this before something really bad happens to me. Not saying that I would get hit by a car because I had a basketball. <laughs> the, the original owner of the basketball is looking for it. He sees me dribbling it down the street. Um, I go, you know, just this stuff happened and it sucked. And I was like, I'm going to get rid of it before something really bad happens as far as like, whatever. Things fell off. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. It could 100% be coincidence. Had I not got that basketball, all of those same things may have happened. And obviously, I'm still here. I'm still standing. It wasn't earth changing. It was just uh, unfavorable to me would be the best way to put that. And it all happened within a period of maybe a week or two. Could be a coincidence. Her getting sick and her crying for no reason, it could have something to do with the shoes. As a paranormal researcher, if that's all I had, I wouldn't think there was anything paranormal about it. I got these new shoes, and every time I wear them, I feel sick. I mean, okay, that might be fit. I go, well, maybe just get rid of the shoes. Sounds like there's uh, viruses in the soles. But... Wouldn't necessarily go towards paranormal with that. Two people having the same dream, 100% paranormal. That's impossible as far as science goes. And then the, all the dreams relate into the face. Someone who never has a history of nightmares having nightmares for the first time in their life. What's interesting, too, is, is, is thinking about that, and we'll wrap this up here coming up quick, but it's an interesting story, and it's one that I think that anyone who shops at Goodwill should be aware of. <laughs> Take down that poster of Jerry and put up a picture of these boots <laughs> and say... uh if you buy this item, it will help someone else get a job. However, it could it could curse you to a lifetime of dreams about a lava man. And 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 who is that guy? I think what we can put together through our head cannon, just by thinking about it, is that the person who originally owned the shoes, something happened to their face. I don't know. I don't think they fell face first into lava, but I imagine 
Because here's the thing about Goodwill, right? There are people who go, I do this probably once every two years as I go, it's time to get rid of a bunch of stuff. So I'll take a bunch of my clothes, a bunch of my books, a bunch of stuff that I don't need. I take it to Goodwill. And that's a lot of the stuff that comes to Goodwill. But then there is also the somebody died in the family. What are we going to do with all these clothes? What are we going to do with all of these books? Let's take them to Goodwill. I'd be interested in knowing what the breakdown is. I've known tons of people to just willingly donate stuff to Goodwill. I would assume just on anecdotal evidence that most of the stuff sold at Goodwill is people cleaning out their closets. But it could be 5%, 10%, who knows, of people who die. And these are the last things that they ever owned. You're putting on that shirt and you're like, wow, this really feels good. I'm not saying that was the shirt. It definitely wasn't the shirt that guy was buried in. But that was the guy. You're wearing that shirt. That may have been one of 10 shirts in a closet. And those are the last 10 shirts that man ever owned while he was alive. Could have been his favorite shirt. Could have been the shirt that says, gone fishing. He loved loved going fishing. He did drown. He did fall into the pond and die, but he wasn't wearing that shirt at the time. All of those things, all of those things, like there are clothing there. Like I have shirts that I really, really like. I have hats that I really, really like. And when I die, I imagine a lot of it will be taken down to Goodwill. And for the most part, you know, if someone grabs this hat or the other hat, they'll put it on and hats are... (laughs) Hats are also a crapshoot, right? Because you don't want to get lice. Uh, Goodwill is not sponsoring this episode, luckily, because I'm making it sound like it's full of diseases. But you have a shirt, you have a hat that I have. But what if you are wearing a hat that I loved the most? I wore it all the time while I was alive. I have this owl, this knit owl hat I wear all winter. There have been people in town say, I know winter's coming because I start seeing you wear that owl hat when you're out walking. It's kind Because of, I've been wearing it for years. Now, when I die, that owl hat ends up in a... It's not soaked in blood after my gun battle with a bunch of raving lunatics trying to take over the city and I alone stood against them. If it's not soaked in blood, it ends up at Goodwill. And someone buys it and and wears it. Would there be any emotional energy attached to that? I would hope if there was, it would be positive. I've had nothing but good memories wearing that hat. But it still is the clothes and the possessions of a dead man. And you imagine if it wasn't a quote-unquote good death or if there weren't if the person who wore those articles of clothing wasn't in the best place towards the end of their life then you may have them soaked with negative energy and this is even more than that this sounds straight up like a ghost there is actually a soul attached to these shoes no pun intended but you know what i mean like there is an attachment to this And the thing with Goodwill, the, really the way that it works is the person who donated them, they may have got them from a Goodwill or a thrift store. And they may have had these exact same experiences. And they're like, screw it, I'm just taking it back to Goodwill. I'm not going to try to talk to any paranormal researchers. 
I wore them a couple times. I had bad nightmares. Thrown them back in the Goodwill donation bin. These shoes could have been traveling around for a long time. Or she could have been the first owner after the man who died with them. Or who knows? I mean, again, we don't know. But I'm actually, like, I talk to people. When I go to antique shops or thrift stores, I always ask, do you have anything in here that's haunted? I do it all the time. I embarrass pretty much everyone I'm with when I do it. And I get different different answers. They'll be pretty honest with me. A lot of times they say no. And then they'll say, but I have had items in the past. Which is funny, right? Because technically they don't know who I am. For all they know, I would buy anything that they could attach a good ghost story to. These people own a business, an antique store. A thrift store, if they go, yeah, I have a haunted sock back there. I'll sell it to you for $50. It says 50 cents on the tag, but that's for the non-ghost lovers, right? I've had a lot of them say, no, I don't have anything haunted in here now. But over the years, I've come across stuff that I've thought or I've felt or I've experienced. Dot, 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 dot. It's interesting because it would make sense, this energy being attached to these possessions. Some of them prized possessions. And then they're just thrown back out into the world to be resold. And 99.9% of the time, they're totally fine. And you cherish them and you really enjoy these pair of shoes. And You wear them out hiking and you make your own great memories. But sometimes you're going to have this type of force attached to them. And you would never know it until you put them on. But by then it might be too late. Just like that first story, we talk about the lingering effects. She said, I don't think I'm ever going to buy shoes from a Goodwill again. But I honestly think she'll just stop shopping at Goodwill. Because she's had this, it's not just a negative encounter, it's a hostile encounter. It's not like she just felt uneasy. Something was trying to get into her house. Something was trying to get into her face. And the most terrifying part of this story, really, is just because she got rid of the item does not mean that the entity left with it. Punisher X 2012 may get a set of boots in the mail and may begin to try to experiment with them to see if he can replicate any of these effects. Find someone who fits into the shoe. Ask him if they have any nightmares. And no, I didn't sleep well last night, but no nightmares. And you would replicate the test a few times and nothing comes out of it. And as a paranormal researcher, then you would go, well... Maybe the story was made up. It was kind of weird because I didn't like pay for the shoes or anything. I don't know why she'd make it up. But maybe the story's made up. Maybe it was just coincidence. It's an interesting story. But now I have these pair of boots that apparently aren't cursed. They're not having this effect on anyone else. And then you can either add them to your paranormal collection as a conversation piece. Or you could say, well, there's just nothing to these. Toss them in the garbage or take them back to Goodwill. Because as far as you're concerned, they're not cursed. That could be happening. But if that does happen... It doesn't mean the shoes were never cursed. It means that the entity that resided within that pair of boots stayed behind with Denise and her husband. 
just because they both had dreams of the man with the burned body and the face made of lava standing outside of the house, just because that's how the dreams played out, does not mean that in reality it did not enter the house. They had the dream that it was outside, but that was just a dream. In reality, whatever was attached to these shoes obviously came into the house because the shoes came into the house. Obviously became attached to Denise because she wore these shoes over and over and over again. It got in the house. It got in the house because the shoes came in the house. But just because the shoes left doesn't mean he left with them. He still could be at home with Denise and her husband. This could be just the beginning of true paranormal terror simply because Denise one day decided to buy a pair of shoes at her local Goodwill. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. Peace.